This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Senate Education Budget Committee is moving towards a vote next week on an amended version of the school choice bill that was offered by Governor Ivey. The Choose Act sets aside $100 million for education savings accounts as the first step in financially freeing up students and their parents to change to the school of their choice. The governor says that passing the Choose Act is her top legislative priority for this current session. The education savings accounts would provide up to $7,000 a year per child that will follow the student to whatever accredited school that they choose to go to. The amount drops down to $2,000 if the parents choose to homeschool. For the first two years of the program, families with an annual income that is no more than 300% above the federal poverty level will be eligible to take part. In the third year, all Alabama families will be eligible regardless of their income. The two gambling bills have now been passed out of committee on Wednesday in the Alabama House. The House Economic Development and Tourism Committee held a vote with only one state lawmaker voting no on advancing the bills. HB 151 will repeal constitutional amendments in order to allow for gambling to be officially established in certain parts of the state and to remove the gambling prohibition that is written in the Constitution. HB 152 specifies the locations of the casinos and parameters surrounding a statewide lottery as well as online sports betting. State lawmaker Alan Treadway is already planning to offer amendments to the past bills, Treadway was the only no vote on passing those bills. He says that a lot of work has been done to shut down gaming in Jefferson County, and he doesn't want to see the same people who operated things illegally to be rewarded with a license. The bill will be deliberated on the House floor today. Some loopholes are being pointed out when it comes to this gaming legislation that could affect the beaches and parts of southern Alabama. These loopholes would allow for gaming to come into counties that are not initially listed within the legislation, such as Baldwin County. Attorney Eric Johnston and the president of the Alabama Policy Institute, Stephanie Holden-Smith, are pointing out that the two options written in the bills allow for licensing transfers in two different ways, a direct transfer coming from the Gaming Commission or an indirect license transfer if Houston or Lowndes County, who are on the list, do not get awarded a license by June of 2029 by complying with whatever regulations are established. State Senator Chris Elliott lives in Baldwin County and says this loophole, among other things, would have to change in order for him to support the bill. An article that expands further on the details of this issue was written by 1819 reporter Erica Thomas, and it can be found on the 1819 News website. The anti-ballot harvesting bill has passed the Alabama Senate and will now head over to the Alabama House for consideration. The vote was held this past Tuesday and passed with a 27-8 vote in the state Senate. The bill makes it a felony to knowingly pay or gift someone to distribute, order, request, collect, pre-fill, or deliver another voter's absentee ballot. It also is a felony to pay or gift a third party to do these things. Alabama Secretary of State Wes Allen is in support of this bill and says the practice of manipulating the absentee ballot process is a threat to secure elections and has no place in Alabama. Republican House members from Alabama all voted in favor of the impeachment articles against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Congressman Mike Rogers says that Mayorkas deserves every single vote that he got due to him being derelict in his duties. Those impeachment articles did pass by one single vote and will now head over to the Senate for an eventual trial. 
Congressman Barry Moore says that Mayorkas has deliberately opened U.S. borders and allowed 10 million illegals into the country to live off the taxpayer's dime. And Congressman Jerry Carl says Mayorkas has blood on his hands for all the criminal migrants on the FBI terrorist list that have now entered into the U.S. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, one person is dead, 21 others injured, and three people apprehended by police after a shooting occurred in Kansas City, Missouri during a Super Bowl parade, which was intended to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs and their win last Sunday. 11 of those injured are children between the ages of 6 and 15. The fatality has been identified as Lisa Lopez Galva, who was a DJ for KKFI 90. The shooting broke out at Union Station just as those attending the parade were getting ready to leave. The weather was very warm and the turnout for the parade was enormous with estimates close to a million. 800 law enforcement officers were covering that parade. Well, here are some sobering words coming from the president of the National Border Patrol Council when it comes to the continued invasion of the U.S. by illegal migrants. Not just illegals from Mexico, but military-age men from various countries throughout the Middle East and China. Brandon Judd spoke about this on Real America's Voice. At best, they're here for a better life. At worst, they're here to be part of the, the, the Chinese government to infiltrate our own country. But in the middle of that, like what you just said, they're also here for criminal enterprise. We know that the Chinese um, have huge gains, gains here in the United States, and they control certain parts of our country. They control the drug flow. Um, they control the prostitution. They control everything that's illegal in certain um portions of the of the country and we have to look into that it's very important that we understand why are we having so many people from china especially military aged men from china what is the purpose what is going on behind this and and i hope that the law for i'm, I'm sorry i'm hoping the intelligence community can get a, can get a, an answer to that quickly so that we can do something about it moving on from invasion to infiltration. A new report is out from three investigative reporters that have been mentioned before on The Daily Detail. Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutentag are now accusing Barack Obama of targeting 26 Trump advisors for spying as Trump was campaigning and eventually took office in 2016. The spying would be done by foreign intelligence agencies on behalf of the CIA, and the spies would seek opportunities to contact those who are being targeted, manipulate them, and give a reason for the U.S. intelligence community and law enforcement to step in and spy on them further. This report from Schellenberger, Taibbi, and Gutentag is on Substack. It gives more details on what conservative media outlets had already determined years ago, that Obama was behind the spying on Trump, just as Hillary Clinton was responsible for the Russia collusion hoax. The one thing this report further suggests, however, is that the recent raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate was not really about classified documents, but about obtaining any folders that Trump may have in his possession that reveal how the American and foreign intelligence agencies colluded together to take down a political opponent. Judicial Watch has received the documents from the Secret Service that it sued for under the Freedom of Information Act. The 99 pages reveal exactly who decided to refuse to give Secret Service protection to Robert Kennedy Jr., that person is the newly impeached Secretary for the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. The request for protection was submitted by RFK Jr. in 2023 when he was still running in the Democratic primary against Joe Biden. Mayorkas sent a letter to the Secret Service Director Kimberly Cheadle in May of 2023 telling her that he declined to authorize the protection. 
RFK Jr. ultimately decided to run as an independent after hitting multiple roadblocks and resistance from within the Democratic Party for his challenging of Joe Biden. And speaking of Joe Biden, the U.S. Department of Education under his leadership is planning to expand the Title IX rule on gender and force public schools to recognize and acknowledge all students according to their gender identities, not biological sex. U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona would issue a ban on all forms of sex discrimination, which will include a student's sexual orientation and chosen gender identity. Legal opposition is already underway to this new rule being implemented in public schools. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has caught wind of what is coming down from the DOE, and he released a statement on Valentine's Day saying that Biden is waging an ideological war on gender and is willing to destroy protection of women and girls in the process. DeSantis also said Sunshine State will not abide by such a ruling. Well, the pot just keeps boiling over when it comes to the legal stew that Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is currently simmering in. Today is a hearing regarding the potential disqualification of Willis in the case that she is running against Donald Trump based on RICO laws and his challenging of the 2020 election results in that state. But if that wasn't enough, an investigative reporter by the name of Peter Berniger just spoke with Emerald Robinson on her Absolute Truth program about what he has found out when it comes to campaign contributions for Willis in her recent re-election efforts. Berniger starts out with a term that is used to describe a political form of money laundering, and it's called smurfing. Smurfing is structured campaign money laundering. It's where the bad guys want to take a large sum of money, say $50 million, divvy it up into uh, various campaigns across the country, including Fannie Willis's, whereby they uh, reduce the, the transaction amount, contribution amounts, to very small amounts, from $0.50, cents, $3, $7, $25. But then they replicate those transactions by the tens of millions over the years. So this is now the big breaking news. We are filing today uh, under sworn oath a complaint to the Georgia State Ethics Commission against Fannie Willis of $160,000 in smurfing. This, you add these numbers up and we're over 50% at least of all her money coming into her campaign is, it was unlawful, illegally obtained, and basically, she cheated in, in her elections by using that money. Now, we know that there's what we call the classical smurf, which is a senior citizen. All these smurfs that we've been finding have no knowledge that their name and address are being used for these contributions to these campaigns. The money isn't going through their bank accounts, but their names and addresses are being used at the places of Act Blue, Emily's List, the DCCC or DCN uh, and other similar liberal PACs to launder these large sums through these uh, names and addresses of these unsuspecting um, citizens. Now, on top of that is, from based on private investigators that we've hired, based on the James O'Keefe team interviewing these people across the country, based on journalists and, and volunteer citizens interviewing people on camera across the nation at their homes, we know 100% of them so far have been senior citizens over to the age of 65 and typically into the 70s, 80s, and even 90s. So this is identity theft, this is elderly financial abuse, and this is criminal money laundering. And we're filing a complaint today against Fannie Willis 
to uh, hold her accountable. Well, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and this brings out the romantic in so many people, including the rich and powerful who are up to absolutely no good when it comes to the future of the United States. Remember Huma Abedin, the longtime assistant to Hillary Clinton, who was married to a pervert who ended up doing time for his penchant for young girls? That would be, of course, Anthony Weiner, who was married to Abedin. Well, Abedin ended up divorcing Weiner, unlike Hillary Clinton, who remains married to her pervert and has moved on to someone else. And that was revealed just yesterday when Abedin posted a picture of herself with her new sweetheart at a cafe in Paris. The two that were cuddling up in a corner together were Abedin and Alex Soros. That is the 38-year-old son of George Soros. George Soros is the Nazi informant during World War II who turned in his own Jewish kin to authorities and has admitted to the fact, as well as to the fact that he wants to destroy the U.S. from the inside out and will do whatever it takes to accomplish that. Alex wants to follow in his father's footsteps and has vowed to use his millions of dollars for far-left causes as well. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 